My brothers and sisters in the Lord, a few weeks ago I was watching a documentary about a gentleman whose name is Kim Shinjo. Kim Shinjo. Kim Shinjo was a trained assassin. And in January of 1969, Kim Shinjo was sent from North Korea, where he was trained to be an assassin, into South Korea. And his mission was to assassinate the president of South Korea. And so he and 30 others, 31 North Korean commandos, snuck in to South Korea for the assassination attempt. And they were caught only a few hundred yards from the president's residence, where a battle erupted between them and the South Korean army. Other 31 men, everyone was killed. With the exception of Kim Shin-jo, he was cap captured by the South Koreans and another individual who escaped and eventually made his way back to North Korea. Now, as you can imagine, Kim Shin-jo, when he was captured, he was integrated greatly by the South Koreans. But something changed in his life. Because you see, as he was inter interrogated over this period of time, a friendship sort of developed between himself and one of the South Korean generals. And it was because of that friendship and that conversation and all the things that happened in that relationship that his life began to change. It was transformed. And Kim Shin-jo spent the next 30 years working for the South Korean military. He became a citizen of South Korea. He married, he had a family in South Korea, and eventually, he actually became a Protestant pastor. Now, my brothers and sisters, that is some transformation from a trained assassin to a pastor. And I give you that example, my friends, because in the readings that we have today for Mass, the Gospel in the first and second reading, we see three men who are changed by God. Three men who have a transformation experience. Three very different men in very different circumstances. But we see a pattern develop. And my brothers and sisters, I propose to you this morning is that that pattern of transformation, that pattern of discipleship is the pattern that all of us follow. It may look very different. It may have di very different surroundings and circumstances, but the core of the pattern is the same. And it sort of happens in three steps. The first step, my brothers and sisters, is the recognition that you and I are totally dependent upon God. That's the first step in the transformation. For Kim Shin-jo, it was his first step. Totally dependent upon God. We recognize that we are sinners and that our complete dependence is upon God himself. We see it in our first reading with the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah has this vision in which he is before the throne of God. And the seraphim are singing, holy, holy, holy. Now we have to remember something about Isaiah. Isaiah probably thought, from what we can tell, that he was sort of a pretty good God. He thought of himself sort of a righteous man, some biblical scholars say maybe even in the beginning a little self-righteous. 
But there he has this vision of the Lord. And as he's surrounded there by the seraphim, notice this line that Isaiah speaks. Then I said, woe is me, I am doomed. For I am a man of unclean lips, living among a people of unclean lips. Isaiah recognized his sinfulness. And he recognized he wasn't going to be able to do it on his own. Woe to me. We remember that sentence because that was a turning point in Isaiah's life. Look at the gospel. Simon Peter. Jesus tells Simon Peter, push away from the shore a bit. He needed to use his boat as a preaching platform because the people were pressing on. And then after that, he tells Simon Peter, go out into the deep water and lower your nets. And you can tell from the way it is recorded by the evangelists, Peter was not very optimistic when Jesus said, lower your nets. He wasn't an optimistic man. He was sort of pessimistic there. He didn't have the faith. He says, I've been fishing all night. But at your command, I will lower the nets. It's sort of like he's saying to Jesus, I'll make you happy. I'll lower the nets. I'll get it done. But I'm not expecting anything. And he gets quite a gift as the nets begin to tear and they have to call other boats in to pull in the fish. And what does St. Peter say? He kneels before Jesus and he says to him, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Depart from me, Lord, because I didn't believe. I didn't have faith. I didn't trust. I was relying on myself, my own knowledge, my own wisdom, and not upon you. It's a transformation moment for St. Peter. We see it in the life of St. Paul. In our second reading, St. Paul is recounting the resurrection and Jesus' post-resurrection appearances to the 12, to the 500, to the disciples. And what does St. Paul write? He says, for I am the least of the apostles, not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. We remember that line because we remember in the life of St. Paul, he had his conversion experience on the road to Damascus where the Lord appeared to him. He, became a, from a, he changed from a persecutor of Christians to the great apostle to the Gentiles. The transformation, my brothers and sisters, begins with the recognition that we are totally dependent upon God and that we are sinners and we rely on the Lord's mercy. The second stage, my friends, we see in the life of all three of these men is that after they recognize they're dependent upon God, they recognize that it's only by the grace of God that they are changed, that they are transformed, that they are renewed, that they are able to do and respond to the call of God in their life. It is only by His grace, by nothing that they can completely do by themselves. We see in the first reading, Isaiah, the angel comes and takes the ember from the altar and touches Isaiah's lips and says to him, see now that this has touched your lips. Your wickedness is removed. Your sin is purged. The grace of God working in Isaiah's life, the same grace of God's mercy works in our life in the sacrament of reconciliation or confession so that we can be renewed and transformed 
for the work of the Lord. We see it in St. Peter. He says, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And Jesus says to him, do not be afraid, Peter. He's saying to him, have faith, trust. Why? Because soon you're going to be catching men. The transformation by God's grace. And then, of course, St. Paul. We see the transformation in his life, and he even notes it. By the grace of God, he says, I am what I am, and his grace to me has not been ineffective. Only by the grace of God, and his grace has not been ineffective. Oftentimes, my brothers and sisters, we may rely that we are dependent upon God, but how many times do we allow his grace sort of just to pass us by? Because our heart is not open. It doesn't become effective in our lives because we're focused on something else and everything else but the Lord and the way he desires to transform us and heal us and mold us to whom he is calling us to be. I know a woman who probably at about 18 or 19 years old came to New Orleans. And she came to New Orleans at the invitation of a gentleman. And the gentleman had promised her that he was going to get her into the film industry as it was just starting to boom here in the city. And so she came to New Orleans. What she didn't realize, there was a catch. And he was going to get her into the film industry, and he did, but she had to sleep with him. But that was only part of the catch. The second part of the catch is that he got her hooked on cocaine. And so in order for her to get her fixed, not only did she have to sleep with him, she had to sleep with others to make money for him. So here we have a woman that after about a year was a drug addict and a prostitute. And her life was in the dumpster. And she was walking in the French Quarter and she passed in front of St. Louis Cathedral. And she went into the St. Louis Cathedral and she dropped there right on the floor in front of the altar because she didn't know what to do. And it just so happened how the Lord works that one of the community of our religious sisters was there in church that day at that time and they were praying. And they saw that woman on the floor and they went over to her, they picked her up, they found out what was wrong, they took her in, they took care of her, they got her into a treatment plan. And now today she's a successful attorney. The grace of God working in one person's life. My brothers and sisters, our story may not be as dramatic as hers, but all of us have those moments when we feel like we just need to hit the floor. And it's only by the grace of God that we are transformed. That's the second stage. The third stage, my friends, of course, is, is that once we realize we're dependent upon God, once we realize it's only by His grace that we are transformed, the third stage is that He sends us out. The apostolic stage. He sends us out for our work, for our ministry, and for our vocation, whatever he has called us to be. What happens to Isaiah? The voice of the Lord says, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Who will be the mouthpiece of the Lord? And Isaiah responds, here I am, Lord, send me. Isaiah was prepared. St. Paul, he was prepared. He becomes the great apostle to the Gentiles. We hear at the end, therefore, whether it be I or they, so we preach and so you believe. 
St. Paul was sent out to preach. And of course, St. Peter. What happens at the end? When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. You see, my brothers and sisters, that movement that we see in the life of these three men in the scriptures today is the movement for each and every one of us. The question is, do we respond? Do we recognize our need for the Lord? Do we allow ourselves to be filled with his grace? And are we willing to be sent out for mission, for ministry, to complete the work that he has asked of us? Because, my brothers and sisters, I truly believe that there are so many people in this world that live their lives as sort of just a humdrum experience. They just go through life and go through the motions, and whatever happens, happens. But that's not the life the Lord desires for us. He wants us to have, as he says in Scripture, not just life, but abundant life. And that will never be experienced apart from him. May God give us the grace, my brothers and sisters, this day to respond to the Lord's invitation to be transformed, to be renewed, and to be sent out for mission.